Hello there, happy Wednesday again, and welcome to another episode of the Female Guides Requested Podcast. I'm your host Tingting. I'm still in Pacific Northwest, but will be heading back to Las Vegas soon. Today's guest is Lonnie Chapko. She is an AMGA certified rock guide and alpine guide. She is based in Index, Washington, and owns a guide service. The climbing school with her partner Sam. Lani and I first met several years ago while guiding in Red Rock. Since then, I've been following her adventures on Instagram. She has done amazing feats on El Cap and extended her skills and climbing powers beyond Yosemite, including a first ascent of a Grade Six route on Mount Index. And a 512D big wall free climb in Mexico. I was glad that I finally had a chance to interview Lani at her small shed in Index. She was unassuming, and perhaps because we both went to engineering school, we shared many viewpoints and troubleshooting insights on technical systems and, in general, how to be a better track climber. I felt as if I found a long lost friend. We talk about her little bumpy ride entering the guiding realm, the excitement and challenges she had experienced becoming a business owner, her outlook on how to make guiding more professional and sustainable, and more. I had a great time talking with Lonnie and found new nuggets. Re-listening and editing the podcast, I bet you will enjoy our conversation too. Uh, hi, Lani. Hi, Tingting. <laughs> so,、uh, welcome to the show, Female Guys Request the Podcast. So,、um, thank you for letting me use this space. You have this very little nice space <laughs> in that beautiful、yeah. here. <laughs> so,、uh, when did you? Well, this is your property, right? Yeah. So,、uh, when did you get this property?、Uh, two summers ago.、Now. Two summers so two, ago. Two years、yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then, what's the reason that you? Start、uh, decide to settle. Well, well, you are not quite settled, right? You still、yeah. traveling a lot. Yeah. But eventually, this is gonna be quite a big base for you. Yeah. Um. A couple of reasons. The one, my family and my partner Sam's family both are based in Washington, so it's nice to be close-ish to them. Um. And I love the climbing and in index. I think it's maybe the best climbing in the world. <laughs> In the world, maybe. I mean, I, I mean, I was, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big statement. But big you climb quite a lot in、yeah. the world, so I, I would take very highly.、Um, yes, but yeah, I love the climbing and in index.、Um, really like being in Washington in the summers. The summers are really nice here.、Um, and I was kind of telling you the story earlier. We were deciding between a couple different climbing areas that we. Wanted to be based out of. We still both really enjoy traveling,、um, but、uh, let's see. Yeah, but、uh, there was actually a property up for sale for something that we could kind of afford in Index,、um, and we were kind of 
jokingly like, oh, maybe we should just buy it and like commit to index. And we're kind of joking about it and unsure. And then that property sold and we were both like, oh, we actually really want it to be an index. And we're kind of sad that this property sold. And so then we were like, okay, we're going to start looking at other options in the index. So you can afford. Yeah. Keep your eyes open for new available. It's like one of the last few mountain towns as guides that we could really afford to buy property in. I see. Um, you also consider what like Bishop and Yeah, we were thinking about Bishop and Was it expensive? Uh, Bishop is pretty expensive and the water rights are a little hard if you want to build your own. Water, thing. right. I've never thought of yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Because we I mean we can't could not afford to buy a house. Right. We like yeah. kind of realized we were gonna have to start from scratch. Yes. Um, and how about Vegas? We were also thinking about Vegas, but um but Vegas, yeah, then you're farther away from the Alpine. Exactly. Yeah, farther away from the Alpine, farther away from family. So right. I think Index was a good, good choice. And but yeah, and I love it here. I think yeah, I'm very happy with our decision. Awesome. Yeah. And both of you and your partner, same. Uh, you you are both rock guide and Alpine. Guide, uh, right? we're both rock guides. I'm a fully certified Alpine guide as well, and Sam is a just advanced, not just. <laughs> I should not say trust. So, so he, he, he has not taken his alpine exam yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Then I mean, I always I live in Seattle for a couple years. I think it's a great place for alpine yeah. climbing for yeah. sure. Yeah. But right now, I'm many a rock climber, so it's uh, the season's to be short. Yeah, the season is definitely shorter. Yeah. But I heard that the dry months now is a bit longer nowadays. Uh, recent years? Yeah, in recent years, definitely the summers have been getting hotter and drier, which Hot, I've been experiencing. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the climbing season has gotten longer, which is kind of nice. <laughs> right. So you, um, it used to, like, we've always kind of been here May through September, but May usually September, May okay. would be a little rainy and September would be a little rainy and it would be kind of nice in between. And it's now starting to be that, like, the full May through September is actually quite nice here. And sometimes maybe October. Maybe sometimes, yeah, in October too. <laughs> wow. So it's, it can be actually quite long. But, yeah. But probably it's a little bit harder to schedule a course then because then you're still you're better, unsure right yeah, yeah yeah exactly so your main um time say index will probably still focus on june july yeah august. june july august are like the Pretty bulk reliable. of our season yeah and actually it's kind of nice to have a little less work in may and september because the weather's usually a little cooler here so when it is good actually the like sand temps, sand temps. Yeah, exactly <laughs> good sand temps yeah, I heard the story of like tasking. I was calling this boy to check out the conditional city park and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you want the best condition, you want to send hard. How do we even know each other? I think I met you in Red, in Red Rock. Rock. Yeah, right. I think I was actually guiding physical graffiti, and you were guiding Big Bad Wolf. And I like was like. <laughs> There are not very many other female rock guides in, okay. in yeah. general. And I was right. like, oh my gosh, you must be Ting Ting, <laughs> like held across at you or something. <laughs> so I never heard great things about you, but oh, I thanks. actually met you yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny that uh, in the past, I was just like, oh, you know, I mean, there's so many people climbing. And and then it turns out that uh, once you are in this field long enough, especially in guiding, that yeah. you... I I won't say that I know all the female guys, obviously, and, but I know a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's kind of nice that it's a small community. It is. Yeah, yeah. 
So how long、um, have you been guiding? Six years now. Six years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I thought it would be like longer. So how how did you start? I let's see. I started climbing in college.、Um, I actually went to school for engineering. Engineering. <laughs> yeah. Like what, what kind of engineering? Mechanical engineering. Mechanical engineering. Yeah. So you can design like climbing gear, that type of thing. Yeah, that would be cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know.、Um, went to school for that. Got really into climbing really quickly and. Was kind of burnt out on engineering and school and all that by the end of college,、um, and was like maybe I'll try out guiding.、Okay. And、uh, literally, I think I had started actually trad climbing like a year before I got my first guide job, which was kind、mm-hmm. of insane. No experience, no guiding experience. Hadn't even taken an SPI course. Okay, got hired by a company in Washington. Um, with like a little bit of mount, like I climbed Mount Baker, a li- climbed a couple of volcanoes in South America, like a little bit of alpine experience, a little bit of trad climbing experience, but was definitely like thrown thrown into it a bit. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Yeah. So that was what six years.、Ago? It was six years ago, twenty seventeen. Wow. Yeah. Six years or twenty seventeen. Actually. Don't quite remember the environment, the guiding environment back then. So、it、they was, would just throw you like with no. I so I should shouldn't say we、okay. were just like thrown. <laughs> <laughs> I like there was like a guides training as part of the company.、Uh, it was a、I、little.、See. It was before obviously SOP、right. existed and those kind of more mandated mandated guidelines.、Um, and I think also because the company was. Trying to expand the number of women guides they had, they、okay. hired people with maybe less experience, and like it was definitely challenging because all of the other men guides that were hired at that time were had a lot more experience. Most of them had rock guide courses or alpine guide courses or had worked for another company before.、Right. But it was definitely before you had to have. Like experience to get into guiding, right?、Um, so basically, then, you have some in-house training. Yeah, there was an in-house training, and then I think I sh- had to shadow two trips or something with okay, so with size supervision. Yeah, but it was、um, it was challenging. Like I feel like a lot of women tend to feel like they have to be almost over prepared for things to yeah, like. Yeah, so I felt that way. Yeah, before, yes, you know,、mm-hmm. like to like. Especially in male-dominated things, to kind of like hold their place and like be overprepared and like do really well at things in order to like prove themselves.、Mm-hmm. And I definitely felt that way, and it was hard like not feeling prepared and being like, "Oh, this is something I'm not, I'm new at," and like, yeah, that was、and、that was challenging. That kind of reminded <laughs> me because I. I was in computer science before,、yeah. and you were saying that you were in mechanical engineering,、yeah. and was it also kind of man dominated、yeah. environment? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The college I went to actually was fifty fifty women, fifty and men, which is pretty cool. It was Harvey Mudd College, which is based, like STEM, all science, math kind、mm-hmm. of stuff based,、um, but. Yeah, so that was kind of cool about just about that college. They've made a pretty big effort to、nice. really include women in engineering. But、um, most of 
like getting jobs and whatnot in those fields are still very heavily male dominated. <laughs> I see. Yeah. And then 2000, say 17, you would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say the guiding community might be even more screwed. I mean, the yeah. ratio. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for <laughs> than sure. Than the engineering. And I think field. that was like partially like a lot of respect for the guide company I started out with for trying to get more women mm-hmm. into guiding and hiring more women. But also I felt like I didn't really have the necessarily the resources to like succeed. Okay. <laughs> kind of being thrown into right. just like guiding without a ton of experience and then like not a ton you know there was like the training and then like a few kind of shadowed days but then it was like like that you are facing then all of a sudden you're like kind of off on your own and you're like what not off on your own like you're still working with other guides and stuff but it was yeah i think a little bit more mentorship or experience would have been helpful (laughs) and how long uh did it take you to feel like okay you've Finally, I settled into the guiding better. Role. Yeah. So I actually was pretty lucky to, like, through a friend of a friend, towards the end of that summer, meet a couple guides that were prepping for their Alpine exam and needed someone to be, like, a mock client. And um, so I kind of, like, I was, like, psyched to climb and get some guiding experience and, like, followed them around a bunch of routes in the Cascades and definitely learned, felt like I learned a lot more from then them then um i see yeah yeah so that was that was very lucky and then how did it prompt because right now you're a rock guy you're alpine guy certified uh, by the mga so um when did you start that process is that because eventually your company required that or you also initially take those took those things for your own yeah i think once i had um let's see it was after so i worked that summer i actually worked after that summer i was like i should try engineering (laughs) so i worked for like basically you know that fall winter spring like almost a full year at an engineering job before um deciding i was like wanted to go back to guiding Mm. um but during that time i think i took a week off to go take my rod or 10 days or whatever to go take my rock course. course yes um because i was like i definitely this is something i want to try to make work and then within that first six months basically took a rock guide course alpine guide course advanced rock guide course well like just like that was back like almost. okay i'm going full in on this nice yeah, yeah. so then i think it was kind of after one the what that next summer i worked for a company down uh SWS based in um, Shasta, and they also do some stuff in the Sierra, so kind of down California based. Um, and felt like I got a little, that's where the guides that I had um, kind of climbed with the summer before, who were, they had worked for them, and like felt like I got a little bit more mentorship through that, and then taking a bunch of AMGA courses felt like I was much more prepared okay <laughs> yeah so uh just kind of curious like com- compare your mechanical engineering job yeah. and guiding what's what's the big deciding factor that you prefer guiding i think it was the flexibility um which yeah of like i mean we kind of talked about this but being able to travel more being able to like you know work for a season guiding doing a lot but then be able to take a month or two off to go do other things right um 
And also, I didn't love sitting at a desk. Like, I found, like, half the time I was, like, starting to look at climbs I wanted to do rather than actually working. And you're like, this is not not right. sustainable. <laughs> so does that mean that at that time that you were sitting at a desk, and then, yeah. but you have a lot of, say, personal travel and climbing goals, yeah. so you didn't need more time? Yeah, I think that, that was a big part of it. I also didn't. The company I was working for was, I mean, it was like a big biotech company with a lot of bureaucracy and okay. like your classic, I don't know. I yeah. kind of felt like my life was like The Office. Have you seen that movie? No, oh. actually. Yeah. So, so what? what is it like? Yeah. It's like, like, there's kind of a joke in, I think, in The Office where he was like, I have like eight different bosses and I like don't really actually do any work, but like, I like because there's so much bureaucracy to like go through to get anything done and everything and I was like that's that's kind of how I felt <laughs> I was like like yeah. the company the like end product of the company was really cool like it was um they created flow cytometers which like sorted and counted cells to diagnose like HIV AIDS and cancer and like these like things that are like kind of cool applications yes. that you just like feel super removed from yeah from the day yeah. day-to-day grind yeah exactly yes. yeah wow Anyways. Yeah, I, I yeah that kind of remind me because I got into computer science because I really like sci-fi, and I just yeah. think that yeah. it's really yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, all the applications yeah cool yeah yeah well, I, yeah like I think I really liked the hands-on part of engineering. Like mm-hmm. in college, I really liked working in the machine shop and like building. I actually was really into canyoneering in college and built my own like machined my own repelling device for canyoneering (laughs) and like loved that but then as soon as like when I realized like oh I'm not actually going to be like hands-on building things at an engineering job like as much or at least it will take a really long time to get to that point where you get to kind of do the more design things I see I was like I don't know that this is quite for me so like right now like guiding is more like hands yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Guiding yeah. is like super hands-on, which and, is awesome. And how about the aspect, like uh, how much human interaction that do you did you have on your mechanical engineering job? Definitely less. A lot yeah, less. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, You're still working with people in the office and whatnot, but it wasn't... Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't quite like guiding. I see. So how, yeah. how does this... Uh, how does the human interaction thing that you feel about guiding you I definitely I really yeah I really like it and I mean I feel like a lot of people that want to hire guides and come out climbing like usually they tend to be cool people that are you know yeah people who like to climb especially who want to like learn how to like climb on their own and take courses and that kind of stuff like yeah people just tend to be excited and I would agree yeah. yeah I mean I think most, if not all, my yeah. um, past client, I think I was pretty, pretty good things about them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you're still traveling a lot, right? Yeah. So yeah. you you obviously still have your personal yeah uh, things to do with. Yeah, that's actually kind of what I'm pretty interested yeah. about because I saw the Instagram that you and Sam, your partner. Yeah, that uh, I forgot how long ago was that you uh, free client the free rider on LCAP. Yeah. Um, I think it's a big project, yeah. right? Yeah. So because for me, it's I always feel I I struggle with personal climbing and yeah. guiding. Yeah. So how did you get 
the chunk of time, even just training, and then also you have to spend a lot of time on the wall too. Yeah, yeah, it was challenging. We had、um, actually gone up the route with a friend. The seat we had. It was right after we had worked for like nine months in Red Rock, and we're a little burnt out, and we're like, okay, we're gonna take a month off, go to Yosemite before we start our summer season in Washington. And our friend was trying to free the free rider at the time, and we were like, we'll go up and support you and like check it out because it's always been a dream of mine, but it feels like it's forever away. And we like got up there, and we we're like, oh, if we like dedicated some time to training for this, like this is something we could do. Like not like it still feels like a. Very hard goal, but not as much of the like. Oh, that's like, you know, five、right. years down the line, kind of a goal. <laughs> like, a, oh, this could happen. It just would require taking some time off from guiding, basically. Um, and so basically after that, we were like, okay, we'll work instead of working our normal like four to five month season in. Uh, up in Washington, we were like, we're only gonna work for two months, and then we're gonna take three months off to basically train for this thing. So that three months, you basically just dedicate. Yeah, we were just dedicated to training. So Which... you just okay, I'm gonna guide and save a chunk of money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I mean, it's not it's not easy to do that with. You know, like、right. it, guiding is nice in a lot of ways because you can, especially on the off seasons, take some time off. But it's definitely not easy to live off of a guide salary and only work part of the year.、Um, right. So it was definitely kind of a a moment of like, well, this is something that means a lot to us. We can, you know, make it work, and then we'll go back to. Guiding again in the winter or whatever. Then I'm kind of curious. So in the past, I worked for Sinos that for for quite a while.、Yeah. And then the thing is like, okay, the the summer is the kind of peak thing. Yeah. Um. But then if you don't work the summer courses, then、yeah. you probably can't get work in the shorter seasons. Yeah. So when you take that three months,、um, yeah. Did you worry that if you say you don't commit to a certain guiding service for、yeah. a while, would that be easy to get? Back to the work afterwards. Um. Yeah, it was a little bit.、Uh, it was definitely a little challenging. Um, that was actually around the time when we decided to start our own guide、okay. service. Was during that like, right? So you, then you can like, have more flexibility. Yeah, of like oh, um, I think we. I'm trying to remember actually. Um. Yeah, I think we were kind of just like we'll figure like this means、I、enough、see. that we'll figure it out. But it is like, I mean, we talked about this a little bit, but it is hard to fully train while you're also guiding, and like the fact that we did have to basically take off these three months was. Yeah, challenging. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because、yeah. I was like,、uh, one of the episodes I interviewed Miranda Oakley, yeah, and then she did a lot of great things on、yeah. the wall, and then. She said, "But it's never during the guiding season." Yeah, right. So yeah. it's kind of you can't accomplish both. Yeah, when you are working. Yeah, and I think I'm always work. Like it's getting better and better. The balance of like, I mean, that this gym helps. <laughs> yeah, just so all, for all of those years,、yeah. I'm like sitting in the gym, this pretty cool moon board, and all this little rock climbing walls. Exciting. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, finding I think. I am continuously finding the balance, and that has always been kind of a struggle of like, how do I 
kind of train for my personal climbing goals that I am excited about, but also um, guide, you know, and make a living off of guiding. And I think, I I mean, getting into bouldering a little more has definitely helped with that because it's, a, I don't know, a little easier after a Mm -hmm. hard days of guiding to be like, okay, I'll go like boulder for like an hour. It doesn't have to be like a really long, (laughs) a really long thing of like, okay, we're going to go to the crag and we're going to, you know, it's going to take or go multi-pitch climbing or whatever. It's a lot. Yeah. And Um, um, yeah. And that's combat. You mentioned that that's also when you and Sim thinking about starting your own gig business. Yeah. I I was wondering that, but I probably have to ask even more people about this is in the yeah. guiding community because there's no set path of oh, how yeah. you're gonna advance your career yeah so i'm like wondering whether for um it's very hard to be a independent guy in the yeah. states because yeah. all this permitting and stuff yeah so i'm always wondering whether it's either at some point if you really want to continue your guiding career you kind of have to start your own business yeah what, what do you think so far I, it was definitely the right choice for us. Um, and it helps that the, a lot of the permits in Washington are easier to get. And this is like our busiest season is while we're up in Washington. Um, so your main gig is in Washington. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we, yeah, maybe it would probably help to go in a little bit to that, but yeah, our main like really busy season is kind of May through September with especially June through August in Washington being particularly busy and then the rest of the year we kind of bump around picking up some work here and there as we you know travel to kind of the places we're excited about traveling to like Red Rock or Portrero or that kind of a thing um and so it's definitely nice that the permits in Washington are a little easier to get um, so what's the like usually how's the turnaround timing so you, you it put takes in about education. a month a yeah. month oh yeah. so it's actually really not too bad yeah it's not too bad um, so and, and they're not restrictive there are like Leavenworth and Washington Pass and Rainier which we're not that interested in guiding Rainier but are the only places that are really restrictive about how many guide companies can guide there and the same like three guide companies that started guiding there in like the 80s are the only ones right, that have permits there basically <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> they're not about to give up those permits um but like state parks and, yeah okay yeah um and we've done a little bit of work in like moab and some other areas that are easier to get permits in right. and the internationally we're kind of starting to move towards maybe a little bit more international work just because other countries are a lot less complicated with their permitting. Yeah, so talking about international work, I'm also kind of curious that, um, so I know both of you did quite a lot in Petrero Chico. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, but I also see a lot of guys there. Is it yeah. a very competitive uh, guiding mm-hmm. venue? There's not, um, I guess it, it, maybe it is, we don't, definitely don't work a ton when we're down there, but we do work some, um, and it is nice that it's like pretty chill. Okay. And then basically to operate there right now, 
Probably Mexico is not. Yeah, Mexico doesn't. You don't need a permit. They don't really care whether you have liability insurance. It's really just for your sake that you want to have liability insurance. Yeah, exactly. Um, Like really, anyone could go down there and guide if they really wanted. But yeah. Um, because another yeah. international distinction I saw on your website is thinking about Klimnos. Yeah, we. I don't know that we're gonna do Klimnos, but we're trying to do Spain this Spain. year. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we it's actually have a Spanish. You have to work with a Spanish guide. Okay. Like at least there has to be at least one Spanish guide on your trip. So we actually are working with a friend of a friend. Um, just who knew a Spanish guide, and he seems awesome, and we're gonna work with him while we're there. Um, and and then, so as long as you have a Spanish guide, yeah, and has a permit or whatever. It it's is. not, I think, a permit issue. It's more of a like working in, you know, like a lot of places you need a work visa right. to work there. It's more of that kind of uh, issues. I see. Because um, Spain isn't one of the, like, IFMGA countries of Europe. Like, I think a lot uh, of people think of Europe and I they're see, like, oh, you have to be IFMGA. But it's more like France, Switzerland, Italy, like that kind of whole yeah. clump of countries that you have to be IFMGA. Oh, because I also see a lot of people operating in And Yeah, so, so Greece then... is another one that's a little more of a free-for-all. Okay. Yeah. But then, then they probably also... Whichever country depends on whether you can legally work. Yes. Yeah, I yeah, see. Yeah. So th- those kinds of different countries might have different yeah, requirements. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Spanish. And I guess I should preface all of this with it was really helpful when the CGC had. Yeah, the CGC um, is a certified guys, guys co-op. co-op. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When basically, um, previously the certified guides co-op, you. Uh, bought into it and then paid a little bit per user day and they had a bunch of permits and insurance um and that was really helpful for getting our business started because permits and insurance are expensive and a lot of work to do it would have been a lot of upfront both time and money to start our business so becoming certified guides and then being able to work through the certified guides co-op was really nice um and now we have our own permits and insurance, but it definitely it would have been felt like a very big leap without that, right? Because we had yeah. no idea whether it was going to work out or not. It was definitely a bit of a leap of like, yeah, but you kind of have to do yeah. it now because CGC right now has some complications. Yeah, yeah. Um, which it sounds like maybe they'll kind of figure out something. Yeah, but it's. Um, but we just don't know how long it's yeah, going to yeah. take. Yeah, who knows what's, yeah. what's going to happen with that. And then you still have to operate yeah. somehow. Yeah. So yeah. right now, uh, what do you think the, the the ratio that you work for yourself, I mean, your own guiding service versus working for other? Other guiding services? Um, in Washington, mostly working for ourselves. I also do a little bit of work for Never Stop Moving, which is an all-women's and genderqueer guide service um, based out of Washington. But for the most part, just working for ourselves. And and, and then compared to in the past, you mostly work just for, for other, other companies. Yeah. Um, uh, except for the, the one that she GC can. Yeah. 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 Um, did you see kind of dramatic difference what's what's the biggest difference 
the biggest difference is the pay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I guess. And like, I mean, partially also being able to set our own schedules. I mean, some of it is just when work comes in, work comes in and you kind of have to accept it. But um, a little bit also picking the work that we are excited about working um, instead of getting burnt out on trips for other companies that maybe you're less excited about working. Um, right, so you can be more selective, your schedule is yeah. more flexible. How about yeah. the office stuff though? Yeah, the office stuff, it's, it's definitely work. I like honestly kind of needed like a project for when I wasn't climbing. Like I was realizing like I needed like something to do on rest days and stuff. And it actually is like, it's cool to put time into something that you're excited about. So the office stuff hasn't been too bad um, so far. Like usually I just do it on rest days and whatnot. And it's, um, yeah, it's not too bad. Pro I mean, and then even you though you are making more money, like because you're making kind of the full amount minus what goes to permits right. and insurance instead of a lot of guide services have a lot of overhead. Um, definitely you are kind of not factoring in all of your office hours. Right. <laughs> and it, it definitely also depends on how much you want to grow this business. Yes. Right? Yeah, so right yeah. now you are still small business. Yeah. yeah. And we will, pro I mean, right now our plan is to kind of stay Stay small. small, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I certainly, yeah, you know, I work for guys, so yeah, and yeah. certainly can see how much paperwork, administrative, exactly. yeah, back and forth and yeah. stuff, yeah. And there's a reason why a lot of guide services have a lot of overhead because there's so much administrative work mm -hmm. that goes on behind the scenes. And that's kind of why I think, at least for now, we want to stay pretty small, right? Yeah. And then, but. Like how small do you mean small? Just you and Sam, or you think the potential you you will hire guides? I don't know that we will hire guides. Um, it will probably stay kind of me and Sam plus like anyone like right. anyone who wants to kind of work through our permits through their see. own clients basically. Um, but who knows? <laughs> you know, this is all Definitely. it's yeah. all a bit of a like yeah. learning. Right. learning process so but in any way you think this is a, a good decision yeah 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 I've been pretty happy with right. it um there's I mean there's downsides to everything for right? sure like yes. there's definitely the stress of like especially leading into the summer season where we're like we like really need to work it's like a little like okay is there gonna be enough work to fill our season like whereas a lot of times when you sign on with a guide service they guarantee some number of days maybe maybe <laughs> in what yes. actually in washington like there were some summers when i was working like 20 to 25 days a month That's for a other lot. guides yes. yeah which was uh -huh. too much um but so there is a bit of like uncertainty of just like is this actually gonna work and are we gonna get people and so far it's actually worked out pretty well awesome. um and then also you know, like, I think I put a lot more of myself into each guided day of just, like, real, you know, because it's my company. I don't know. Like, I really want to make sure it's a great day for people, which I was doing anyways, but I feel like it, like, has almost become, uh, you're like, I've I sold see. this trip to these people. Like, it it wasn't like some guide service so selling this trip. This like, I'm like... Ship. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm like, okay, it has to be like, I feel like it has to be really good. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is a little stressful. And I definitely find myself like, you know, sometimes, you know, you're thinking about work a lot more. I think of like, oh, I have to respond to this person, this email, you know, right. like those, those types of things. So that's definitely a little more stressful than just your normal, like, guide service hands you the clients and you know you meet them at 8 a.m and go out or whatever Mm -hmm. um yeah yes when i talk to some people and then they used to be guys that working for other guiding services and then they eventually do their own thing yeah um seems like most of them are really happy about yeah 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 it's definitely yeah it's nice to be able to kind of work the work we're excited about we can work a little less too because we're making a little bit more money and that makes it (laughs) yeah per unit so then it's like it feels like we can offer a better product because we're a little less burnt out because a lot of times like i definitely noticed in the summers when i was working for other companies and working like 20 to 25 days a month like by the end you're like kind of (laughs) tired (laughs) <laughs> and you're like, oh, these last couple courses, I'm just like trying to get through. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, being less burnt out, I think also is just a better product in guiding. And hopefully guiding will kind of go in more in that direction. But yeah. yeah. But as, as far as I can see that both you and Sam have quite many years of guiding ahead of you yeah hopefully right. hopefully uh, yeah let's go <laughs> i'm just saying that both of you are very invested yes. in this profession yeah. yeah so you plan to do it in the long term yeah 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 um i really enjoy it even if i think even if at some point i took a step back from doing quite so much i like i find it rewarding as a like thing to do so right. i would probably still want to do at least some of it so what's your yeah. favorite part of guiding <laughs> i mean i really i definitely love the instructional part of guiding more yeah um so we do i mean compared to just taking people on taking people out stuff yeah, yeah like getting to see people do their first trad lead is so cool yeah, <laughs> like you're like you're gonna get to, yeah. yeah the skill base yeah stuff. exactly yes. like you're gonna go take this and go on so many cool adventures and like right. open that up i'll like us. follow yeah. you on instagram and see all, see all uh-huh, my clients' yeah, adventures yeah. or whatever. Um, or also, I really like teaching big wall courses just because I right. like big walling. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a hard thing to get into. And yeah, I think like making it more accessible is. Right. Yeah. I think that, um, I mean, obviously, like if you approach guys, they probably can like, teach you big wall, but I don't see a lot of organized yeah, courses out yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the, yeah, we've obviously done a fair bit, so we nice. Yeah, yeah. and Index is a great place. Index for is that awesome place to, to learn to big wall. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Actually, my first uh, air climb is City Park. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took me two hours and a half of <laughs> my very first one. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of the climbs in Index were originally eight climbs, mm-hmm. so they all are true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so I actually don't see a lot of promoting of your um i mean I, I occasionally i see but it's not like you put a lot of effort on marketing quite yet yeah we're kind of still figuring that okay. out um so far we've actually at least in washington have been okay, at, okay. um because i was just somehow, wondering how, how yeah, do people find yeah. you is that I, from the past connection I, or some of it is kind of word of mouth type things nice. of like our friends being like oh you should hire right. sam and lonnie or previous clients being like oh these 
you know, you should hire these people. Um, some of it, I think we're doing, we've kind of worked on the like SEO, Google uh, okay. marketing side yes. of things. I like, I'm really bad at Instagram marketing. <laughs> <I'm also laughs> so I can't say that I've like <laughs> done great with that. Um, but, and it seems to have kind of worked out for Washington. We definitely need to work on it for getting more year-round work I in see. other places. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know whether that's, I think there are less, especially in index, there are not as many guides doing, like, courses and that kind of stuff, but in Washington in general. So um, maybe that has been why Washington, we've done really well in Washington, or just knowing oh. people and word of mouth kind of thing. I don't know. I think index is great. Yeah, yeah. Index is awesome. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I really like index, especially, like, recent years is more development with uh, easier climb, yeah, yeah, <laughs> than the yes. traditional crazy sandbag yeah. climbs. Yeah, it's definitely gotten better and better as like people have cleaned, clean because it's oh, all yeah, there's true. like yes. tons of rock there. It's just all covered in moss, and yeah, it just yeah. takes putting in the effort to clean the easier routes. And basically, definitely. I mean, I think it was partially a lot of the people you know, years ago when they wanted to climb an index, they all climbed really hard. So those were the routes that they cleaned. True. And now as, yeah. you know, climbing is changing and there are more people getting into it, mm-hmm. more people want to climb easy things. And now those are the routes that are getting cleaned, which is awesome. Yeah. And yeah. actually, certainly a good, like, by easy crest can be really fun. Yeah. Too. Yeah. 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 True. Yeah. So at least you right now you you have enough work. So yeah. it really depends on like how you want to like steer this business. Yeah, into. yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll still work a little bit for other companies the rest of the year, like especially down in Red Rock or yeah, because um, Red Rock you can't yeah, have you your own can't get it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and work for some other companies when we're in Potrero as well. So it's yeah. it's kind of a the rest of the year is a little bit more of a mix. Yeah. things yeah because that's kind of like stuff together my dilemma because i live in vegas yeah uh because right now i i vegas is a good place if you want to climb hard school climb yes um <laughs> and uh but in terms of working it's a little bit hard because i always have to work for other yeah guys yeah so it's like okay how am i gonna work yeah. a bit less and a little bit more yeah, yeah. and it's too bad because i love vegas and would probably spend more time there if i didn't if you didn't have if the permits weren't so hard right um yeah mm-hmm. yeah wow because the climbing is i mean the climbing is so good in yeah it, it is good yeah i think the limestone is pretty good like the, the uh, limestone yeah, is good yeah, yes yeah yeah if i'm not here right now and climb out justin oh yeah so it it seems like what i see is um like moab area like yeah from range i think yeah and also Washington and, and, and Joshua, and Joshua Tree. Tree is yeah. th- that's probably the majority yeah. of guy services yes. I see. Yeah. I think it's permit. Yeah. Definitely permit. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of a bummer that a lot of the just guide services that have been around for so long are the ones that have the permits and that they kinda of get locked into this permit right. and then no one else can yeah. guide there. And hopefully it sounds like there's some advocacy to get that to change, but it might be a slow process. <laughs> right. So right now for, uh, say, if you want to be independent, guys. Yeah. So right now, since CGC is not an option. Yeah. 
so it would be more of, like if they don't start their own business more of like yeah. travel and guest guide and guest guiding through other people yeah right yeah um another question i want to talk about this that we were just talking about but um it's not really related to guiding <laughs> whatever but, uh, <laughs> i'm just talking about the the climbing pants yes yeah <laughs> yeah because i was just talking with lonnie that i want to pick up sewing because i just have too many holes i have to ask people to fix and i also yeah. never be able to find uh climbing pants that fit me yeah so um and then lani also have similar issue yeah yeah definitely the finding climbing pants that i like and fit and then yeah last a lot because it like sucks and you pay a lot of money for a nice pair of pants and then it they get and- holes in them <laughs> Yeah, because I ended I, up wearing a lot of like ten dollar leggings basically because it like go through pants so fast. Okay, yeah. because you <laughs> well, mentioned yeah. you mentioned something about like leggings. Do, do you say did you say there's something thing that's not professional? Yeah, well, I mean, they, I mean, even in like the kind of the base level guide courses, they start off with this like you need to be super professional and you can't have any holes in any of your clothing and like this is exactly what a guide should look like. Right. Um, and yeah, you're I, like, I, well... I wonder what's like, what's really an image that we need to present. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think there is some sense of like, you want to be a professional, right? Like this is a profession. Um, and, you know, we're kind of trying to make guiding more professional. I think this like idea of like a guide has to look one particular way. Like, you know, sometimes you're at the crag and you like see someone and you're like, they're a guide. Because they're like dressed in a certain way. I don't know. I like. Uh, I think long time ago that uh, a very long time ago that guys might look like a dirt bag even. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. On, on the rock climbing. Yeah. Round. But um, but then at some point they probably say, oh, you should not look like a dirt bag. You should yeah. update your gear. Yeah. But then it's like those hardware you can last for a long time. Yeah. So yeah, you go through yeah. things really quickly guiding because you're always using them. Right. Um, and, yeah, it's challenging to, like, well, one, I mean, we were kind of talking about this, but, like, one, just, like, keep up with paying for new gear constantly. Um, but also just, like, the, like, kind of the whole, like, consumerism thing of, like, oh, I have a pair of holes or a hole in my pants. Like, let me throw it away. And you're like, well, those pants are still going to work or same thing with puffies and like yeah so yeah so that's kind of made me wonder like what exactly is professional outfit like do do you re- when you go out and guide do you really pick and choose what you wear i mean some i usually tend to pick it more off of what's uh functional like i still right. really like i think a lot of guides wear sun hoodies and i do really like sun hoodies because yeah. they like covered I mean, in Vegas, protected like from a, the sun a, yeah crucial <laughs> they're like a very uh functional piece of clothing yes. <laughs> um but pants i kind of go back and forth with the like some especially starting uh our own guide service i feel a little less weird wearing like leggings and stuff but i definitely also still feel sometimes kind of weird about it and will wear normal pants but i do find i do have trouble finding pants that i really like Huh. And also, yeah. So I visited this Goodwill, um, yeah, um, Redmond, I think, yeah. Washington. 
and That's then they have like quite, quite a few reddish active <laughs> yeah. wear. Yeah. But the funny thing is for women's active it's wear, like I actually leggings. can't, it's, they're all yeah. leggings. Yeah. So I'll just, I mean, I personally don't actually like leggings because I think over time they stretch a oh, lot. Yeah. So yeah. then I can't, so, so they will pass my ankle. Yeah. So. Yeah. But then I was just like, huh. Can I find something that's not legging yeah. and active wear? Yeah. So it seems like leggings are pretty normal uh, active wear yeah. in in the mind of general public. So I don't know why it's not professional. Do you yeah, think? I don't really know why either. I okay. feel like it's, yeah. Maybe is that because like, you know, the guy service is mostly guys, so they don't wear leggings. That might also be, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it's like not what a bunch of, like, guys don't wear leggings. So it's then like kind of projected of like, oh, it's weird when people wear leggings while guiding. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just kind of also, I mean, yeah. I do also sometimes like when I'm working with a lot of, like if a lot of, most of the clients are going to be guys, maybe feel a little more weird wearing leggings just because they're really tight and like form fitting. But yeah. I don't, but, that also shouldn't really be an issue. You know, I you know? Because I al- almost <laughs> want to say that leggings are fine. Yeah. <laughs> they're such a versatile piece of clothing. Like, they like, for some reason, I feel like they're never, I never feel too hot in leggings, but they're also like warmer than short. You know, like if a breeze comes up or whatever, I feel like if I commit to shorts, then I like end up cold. So I feel like they're kind of a versatile piece of clothing. Certainly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they can kind of fit you. Because I I know yeah. a lot of pants that, well, I don't have hip. Yeah. So um, somehow the Western design, they always think that women have these big hips. Hip. Yeah. So then it's just like, um, it doesn't look flattering. It's not like I really care about it has to look good, but it just doesn't feel very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like leggings fit a much wider range of bodies and like... That's another nice thing about them. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, yeah. The reason I went into this lens talk about because I teach SBI course, and that's yeah. the one thing we teach is about professionalism. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're like with guides when they're first learning about professionalism. Yeah, so <laughs> it's like their so first just, intro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just like, uh, well, especially now, uh, also with SPI, they uh, they have all sorts of different things. The climbing community is just so wide and diverse right now yeah so oh if, why do we have to restrict their clothing yeah if you know other people don't even find it relevant I yeah don't, i don't know yeah yeah no, I, I mean i can accept that like doctor they need to have that uh, for for a real reason yeah I, I don't know about guiding yeah i, I think function now yeah i think function and also like if you're like, I feel like the professionalism should come from you being a good guide, not from, like, exactly look. what you look like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. You just mentioned you are right, right now mostly guide rock. Yeah. Yeah. How, how much alpine guiding? I do a couple alpine trips a year at okay. this point. But I definitely, Is like... Is it more like glacier travel or... Uh, it's even... It's still more like alpine rock I'll type rock. things. I see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I used to do... Most guides, when they start out in Washington, they start out on Rainier or Mount Baker. Yeah, because that's... Because <laughs> that's, like, the, the bulk yes. of the work. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even once you, you know... Well, actually, even once you get higher up in a company, you usually still have a couple Mount Baker trips a year. 
Um, but a lot of the work in, you know, Washington is known for its alpine climbing. When yes. people are coming from out of state to climb in Washington, it's usually for the alpine climbing. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of companies, that's just the bulk of the work. And I kind of started to realize that, like, I mean, I think we were already wanting to be more in the day work scheme of things and was starting to get a little tired of the like feeling like I was living out of a tent for the entire summer and like you know especially also Sam is also a guide and like when we're both working it turns into a little bit of like a hi bye kind of situation (laughs) when we're both working in the alpine um so so we definitely wanted to yes each other as much so we wanted to move more towards like I still love alpine climbing but not doing it all the time for work because then you get back and you're exhausted and you're like I don't really want to climb and I have to go back out and alpine guide in the next couple days and it's it was just starting to get exhausting and also like usually by the end of the season my like back and knees would kind of hurt and luckily like fall I'd start rock climbing again (laughs) so it would like kind of have time to reset before the next summer but you're like wow this is not sustainable then then what's what's you both often complain about uh say the guiding related well not say injury but discomfort I mean, with alpine climbing, it was definitely more on the, like, it's just, like, big, carrying a yes, heavy pack, uh, especially the pack. down, yeah. downhill. Like, I almost <laughs> would be like, yeah, I'll carry, it like, tons of weight on the uphill. Don't mind that. But, right. you know, I'll give the clients the rope for the downhill because they only have to use their knees for this kind of thing a couple uh-huh. times a year, whereas, like, my knees What's the average really struggle. It was starting, like, on Mount Baker, it was a lot heavier because a lot of the courses you'd go in, you'd be, like, hiking into Mount Baker for a couple days and um, just a lot more, like, snow gear and, you know, you had to have a colder, a sleeping bag rated to colder, uh, you know, just more kind of snow gear, which was a little heavier, whereas kind of getting into the more, like, alpine rocks. So then it was probably more, like, if ish pound 45 to 50 pounds um That's and then getting you as a high rate which is yeah yeah i even had i had some trips where it was more like 60 or 70 which is kind of where you're like taking some weight from the clients because right. they can't yes. carry it and uh-huh. now you're like i'm like this tiny person carrying all this weight to like make up for the fact that the clients can't carry it but so they will have like wearing on your bodies your yeah hip and yeah. knees but a lot of the like kind of faster um shorter alpine missions you can get your pack weight down a little bit more which is nice interesting yeah um, yeah yeah i mean long long time ago when i worked for nose and then they have huge packs. yeah and i i quickly switched to do rock camp yeah because then yeah we can even have coolers <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, especially you're like, I'm working, like, I can do this. I can carry yeah, the heavy packs, yes. but it's like, every day, every, eventually job, yes. you realize your body's like, we're only going to do that for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, going more toward day trip, yeah. because that's probably more sustainable. Yeah, exactly. In a long time, especially yeah. you have a long guiding yeah. career. And the other you? thing is like, when I was guiding a lot of alpine stuff on my off days, I wasn't excited to go alpine climbing. Like I wasn't going to go, you know, I see. And now yeah. it's like, Oh, I'm like actually excited to go alpine climbing on my personal days sometimes. And like, right. you know, yeah. yeah. And so 
Are you thinking about getting a pen? Means like going into the ski discipline. And, yeah. Um, it's not necessary, but I'm just saying that whether it's even in your planning. Yeah, it. I've gone back and forth about about it. When I first got into guiding, I was like, yes, like <laughs> gotta hit the pin, gotta get there. And I think I still eventually want to get there. Um, and especially, you know, as we kind of get a little bit more set up in Washington, kind of the only winter work is ski guiding. Oh, uh, yeah. So okay. we might, it would be nice to have options, some options to be here a little more in the winter, but also, at least right now, I'm but you, right still now excited you're about travel traveling. To exactly. <laughs> it's like, right now, I'm still pretty excited about traveling, but maybe at some point. Okay. I'll, um, but yeah, I think at some point I was starting to feel like, I was just forcing the ski, the skiing, like, and it, like, literally every time we went out skiing, it was like, okay, I have to do this because I have to be training to, like, go through this track that I don't even really know if I want to do. Yeah. And at some point I was like, okay, I I probably do want to get the pin at some point, but I'm, like, really excited about rock climbing right now. And if that's what I'm excited about, that's what I should be doing kind of a thing. True. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and, you know, I'm not the most amazing skier and I would like to be a better skier to be a ski guy, you know, and also it's important for ski guiding to be a decent skier and like would definitely need, need to put more time into skiing for those reasons. Yeah. Yeah. When did you start skiing? I had, I did start skiing very young, but it was okay. a type of thing where it was like, you know, we went on like a couple ski trips a year. But you, you know, were, I probably you were skied like, to ski. Yeah, yeah. So I, would, I did at least have that, but it was definitely like five to ten days a year of skiing kind of a thing since I was pretty young. But For me, I always wondering, I am, I'm not a good skier, but yeah. uh, and where I grew up in Taiwan, yeah. it was not, not me. No snow. <laughs> yeah. I almost feel like it's impossible for me to be very free uh, yeah. on skiing the mountains. But, I mean, I, I should not say impossible, but yeah. I feel it's kind of and difficult. People definitely do it, but I've heard it's harder to learn as an mm-hmm. adult and get yeah. into and that kind of a thing. Because somehow I feel like rock climbing is easier when you are older. Like, yeah. e- even you start older, that's, yeah. that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you, you agree with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying that it's oh, nice that you... You are. Uh, you were exposed have at least to some background. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And I worked for a ski instructor for a year oh, one okay. winter, um, as kind of a way to get better. And that is actually a really good way to get better because you like a lot of times you're just teaching kids how to make it down a green run, kind of a thing. So like you don't have to be that amazing of a skier, but then you basically get free lessons from all the like really experienced ski Mm -hmm. instructors. So it actually is a really great way to get better at skiing. Um, and would probably do something like that again, uh, if I wanted to really get into skiing and ski guiding and get better. You said that when you just got into guiding that you realizes a lot of guys, um, and, and after that, does it bother you or affect you being a woman and a small woman in the industry? Yeah, it was, I think, well, coming from engineering, I was always kind of used to being mm-hmm. around a lot of guys and like 
that a lot of that part didn't bother me um and like kind of used to the like having to prove feeling like I have to prove myself kind of a thing um so I guess I was a little used to that and that part didn't bother me but I definitely like especially my first season guiding like I'm not I'm kind of a quiet person I'm not like your classic like super boisterous like tells all these stories kind of guide like I am small and like more into the like deep conversations and like talking about you know the challenges of climbing and that kind of thing with clients um and I was like constantly told by the guide service I started working for that I was like too quiet and I was really small and just like repeatedly told these things and even like as I kind of started to go through a lot of the guide track and that kind of a thing was like like was basically repeatedly told those things then did you push back I probably should have more I and I you know when I started guiding I was like oh I guess that's what I have to be I have to be like this like Hmm. um you know this like loud guide and like what and I've never had a client complain about me being quieter or like said my god doesn't talk talk to me (laughs) like usually people are like excited to have like just more in-depth conversations yeah it's not that you didn't talk to them yeah exactly like we still it's not like we're not talking and whatever yes so definitely getting used to being more direct (laughs) was (laughs) was something that i had to learn of like especially giving more direct like commands and that kind of a thing to people you you mean your clients to clients yeah Yeah. exactly just Um, tell them what to do yeah like telling like that was definitely something i had to learn but i think i did always get kind of frustrating by people repeatedly like it was literally only guides that would tell me that i was kind of quiet and i was like but it doesn't really seem to bother anyone else but did that work with you though when when they gave you this feedback, or oh, just because you are quiet with them? Yeah, it will, and it was it was usually on like AMGA kind of courses, or you mean um, uh, the feedback from the examiner, or yeah, yeah, or from like ah uh, oh, yeah yeah I got that too yeah yeah, yeah. one time yeah. I said Tintin you need to talk more yeah and I think it's coming from a good it maybe is coming from a good place of like oh we want to hear what you have to say yeah i think that's what they actually mean and i think that's a better way of saying it like oh i value what you have to say you should talk more rather than being like you're too quiet because when Uh, someone's like you're too quiet i just start getting in my head of like then i just like even am more quiet because i'm like right you know overthinking the fact that someone has just told me that i'm too quiet kind of a thing yeah, this, that would actually be a much better way of saying it. Like, I value what you have to say and mm. your thoughts on this, and you should feel comfortable speaking up about it. Um, right. Yeah. And then do you think being small affect you, though? I think it... Because you said other people oh, also mentioned. That. Yeah, I don't think it... It definitely affects, like, so in some cases, the way that impact. I got yeah. it. Yeah, like you know, having to carry a much larger percentage of my body weight. Um, It also makes a little difference, especially in alpine guiding, when you're like, I feel like I would get people that were like, yeah, you can just belay the clients off your harness for this, like, kind of exposed move. And I'm like, yeah, I don't actually trust that my body weight is going to hold these two, like, 
200 pound dudes like it's like 400 pounds versus me like i'm gonna choose a terrain belay maybe or some other kind of a more secure belay exactly and i think there were definitely a couple times where i had um people being like oh but like this is more efficient and like you should do it this way and me being like i don't feel comfortable with that like i want to provide my clients proper security and i'm gonna have to do something different than maybe someone bigger and like yes yeah and you have to adjust and it's you just you know figure out kind of what the style that works for you you know and you probably especially like descents in red rock which are Mm kind of somewhat alpine in their like they require a lot of short roping and short pitching and that kind of thing you probably have a similar yeah i never really short rope in the most strict sense yeah I usually just terrain below. Exactly. Um, yeah. 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 I'm definitely more cautious what I short uh-huh. rope as well. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't. I mean, I think short rope is like you're so close and yeah. Um, and I need to have a very good footing. I yeah. I think in Red Rock, I don't really see a whole lot of places. Oh, that, yeah. 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 Um, I think it was actually really valuable on my Alpine Guide course. They did have us both practice holding falls on like while short roping on rock yes. yeah like backed up obviously but right. like yeah and then also on snow and i was pretty impressed by how much i could hold on snow but definitely was like yeah i'm gonna have to do right. something a little different on rock because you know there have been guides that died because their clients fell while they were short roping and yeah i would hopefully right i mean it's all yeah. like application where right? you choose yeah. uh you know that you can do it correctly and yeah comfortable yeah yeah Yeah, exactly Mm -hmm. so and i think so especially some of the amga instructors are starting to get better at recognizing those differences in body types of like some people are gonna have to do guide slightly differently yeah and like i mean the protection is the delay is a spectrum (laughs) yeah exactly not one way or the other yeah and i think that's that's why um, short roping, well, uh, managed third force class terrain is, t- is, yeah. is hard. Yeah. 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 Because for me, I was thinking about, sh- uh, being smaller. I just think about, uh, other than carry heavy pack and yeah. just, uh, hauling. Hauling. <laughs> <laughs> hauling on a big wall. Oh, yes. Hauling on a, I know. Yeah. I've like always, I'm like, I am really not. Uh, that is not my strong suit in hauling. I'm very good. I like do have the advantage of on sketchy like your aid placements. Nice. You know, I weigh a little less, yeah, yeah, so yeah. maybe they're less uh-huh. likely to rip out. But yeah. definitely like the hauling thing, I've had to get. Um, we actually have a pretty good like two to one mm-hmm. setup, and I usually have to haul on that. And it is kind of I get Slower. frustrated yeah. by it for sure because I'm like, this is literally not something that I like. I'm doing my best, and it's not something that I can like change. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely hauling on big walls is something I've had to learn and also sometimes yeah. a bit of a struggle and a bit but, frustrating. <laughs> the great thing is that you don't probably don't guide a lot of those terrain. Yes, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's less guiding related, more right. climbing related. It, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Because for me, it's like in terms of guiding, yeah, just the, the heavy pack weight is like higher ratio yeah. of your body yeah. weight um, and potentially you have to change different uh, skills for yeah. protection. Yeah, but I think it's right. It's, you're doing for six years. You're totally fine. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm still excited about it, and I think it does help. Like, kind of trying and 
I'm like constantly evolving on this, but trying to find a little bit of a balance between uh, like, I think people, especially cause you know, guiding doesn't pay super well. They feel like they have to work a lot and then mm-hmm. get kind of burnt out on it. Um, and trying to find a balance between that, but also it means I've lived out of a vehicle for a long time yeah. <laughs> to and be able to do that. Definitely. So I, I think you are making like smart decisions, right? Yeah. Because if you want to do it for a long time, this, well, our body is yeah. an asset, right? Yes. So you need yeah. to tread lightly on your body. Yeah, for sure. Overdo like, it. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I don't know, you talk to so many guys that, have been guiding for a long time and are starting to have various yeah you know, I mean, at some point they'll and... have like injuries <laughs> yeah. right and um and i think injury part of the they they say it's kind of like a normal part of the yeah um thing it's yeah one one day or yeah <laughs> sometimes yeah. you'll you have an injury yeah but so. then also a lot of times then if you're injured, you can't work, which is right. hard. Which is yeah. uh, scary. Yeah. So people is that then they can have. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you ever have experienced being injured and have to be off work for a while? Nothing too bad. I had to. I luckily only it was a year or two ago where I was kind of having a. I had a weird tweaky shoulder thing and belaying in particular hurt. Right. And luckily I only had a couple trips scheduled in Red Rock at that point and I had to cancel them. Um, and I actually ended up coming back to Washington to do PT and kind of got through that quickly. So luckily that was the only okay. only thing. But and, yeah. And have you thought about uh, more on the same potentially is like there will be a backup a backup plan. <laughs> yeah, like for example, oh, if I can't work for say six months, yeah, and that'll be a long time. Yeah. Um. No, I have okay. like I. Yeah, that's definitely a hard, hard and scary thing about guiding. Right. And like yeah. maybe I could go back to engineering, but it's been a long time since I was an engineer, and it would probably be kind of hard to get back into it. Um, but it's just six months. I'm not trying to say Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 really injured. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I think you probably you figure out a way. If yeah, you, if you really can't die anymore. Else. But yeah. yeah, yeah. But I know that a lot of guys they either buy disability insurance or yeah. they take out some administrative work if they work for a guy service. Yeah. It yeah. might look more like yeah, taking on some administrative work mm-hmm. or actually probably disability insurance is a smart smart thing to get <laughs> but yeah i feel like there are a lot of guides that are like oh i have to be guiding like the raddest things when i'm working and you're like no i just want to guide like chill things that don't hurt my body too much and then i can go climb rad things on my own time but like mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't yeah. want like a lot of the like slightly more dangerous work it's like i'm not that interested in that kind of a thing right yeah, uh, which is totally. I mean, you can get all sorts of different things, and yeah. especially. I mean, I'm I'm on the same page with you. The skill work I really enjoy. Yeah, people's skills. Yeah. Um, that's also a little bit less risk management. Exactly. Certainly, yeah. At this point, it seems that that's my observation. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Just like, I would say yes. You're relatively new to guiding. Yeah. Um, but then you figure out. You know, I think you 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 hit a lot of points really great. Just like okay. 
this is what I like, and then you choose what you want to do. Yeah. And you, you also venture out to have your own business. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and then you will decide in the next, I don't know how many years, and see which direction and yeah. which pivot point you yeah. might have for the next turn. Yeah. And it's definitely like continuously like trying out one thing and being like, okay, I didn't really like that very much, or it meant like, you know, I was really burnt out or whatever and then trying something else and be like okay that works a little bit better how can I adjust you know whatever mm-hmm. this part of guiding to really make it sustainable because I mean I do love guiding like I would right. like to do it for a long time but yeah I mean I certainly it's... feel like if it's a profession you should figure out a way there should be a way yes. yeah to and do to it sustainable yes yeah and like you were saying, like to progress and like, I mean, it would be nice if there was some kind of like, like milestone yeah, you can kind yeah, of achieve. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a really hard. Uh, yeah, but it's it's nice we just keep brainstorming. Yeah, about yeah, that. and I think it will help guiding, as guiding even just does become more known by the public and like with scope of practice and like all these things hopefully it will become more and more professional and then become okay. yeah more sustainable and one, one last question yeah here. so you were saying that um well when you were working for other guy services and yeah then you might got uh, comments from fellow guys about you do you find in that environment did you have similar role like uh some role model that you feel like oh it's like me i can be like that or mentors that kind of help you so go through all these things um let's see role model wise i mean there were or then you know there are even though there are not very many women in guiding there are plenty of small women and like you know being like in yeah and being like oh like they're you know people have definitely made it through this track as a woman before like um so definitely having plenty of people who have kind of paved the way um mentorship wise I definitely the couple guides that I um shadow or kind of followed when they were training for their alpine um exams that was kike jb and tim um was really really valuable and instrumental in my like guiding career of just like hearing from their experiences and learning from them um and i'm really grateful that they let me kind of join in on that and like mentorship and guiding is definitely really important and it doesn't necessarily happen at every company as a newer guide um a lot of times sometimes you're just working with people who have only been doing it a year or two longer so like getting to to hopefully pass that along would be nice (laughs) yeah for sure but i like i yeah Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, especially like this podcast, I interview like different women, and yeah. hopefully they can be like including you included, the be late com- later commerce role models. Yeah. If people want to find you, um, where wh- what's the best way? Uh, I 
get uh, my Instagram is goats on ropes. <laughs> goats on ropes. Yeah. How? Yeah. What, why? How? What? How, I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to come up with something fun, and goats that on was rope. goats okay. on ropes. I don't know. Goats mountain don't, mountain goats, goats, goats are like how to be on ropes. They don't have to be on ropes. It's true. <laughs> but mountain goats are such good climbers. Like they I'm are. like I aspire yeah. to be like a mountain goat. You know. I so okay. So it's you. You want yeah. to be a mountain goat? And then goat, you... our business is the climbing school. So on Instagram we're the climbing, the climbing school. school and then our email is the climbing school at gmail.com and our website is actually the because that was available so the climbing school is not available well it was really expensive uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> for some reason that domain was really expensive and the climbingguides.com was not so I, i'm not curious like so the climbing school is a little bit generic yes name, yeah okay so what how did you come up with this? We didn't want to be associated with a location. I think that was a big thing. There are a lot of guide uh, services okay. that are like... Jackson Hole. Yeah, Jackson Hole yeah. Mountain Guide. I mean, they actually changed to be the mountain guys. Yeah. Because <laughs> they also didn't want to be associated <laughs> right, yeah. with a location. Um, and then... But yeah, you know, there's like Sierra Mountain Guides yes, or whatever. Yes, or Northwest Mountain School. Yeah, or Northwest yeah. Mountain. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, so we didn't want to be associated with a location... And then a lot of, like, the kind of, like, climbing-related, I don't know, theme names or whatever have already been taken. Okay. Like, I don't know. Uh, uh, what should I, Like, you know, Peak or, like... Oh, okay. I uh, see. I'm trying to think of other, like, kind of... Oh, Summit. Summit. Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of, like, those types of um, things. And we were kind of just, like, eventually, like, well... The climbing school hasn't been taken. Like, I guess, That's you know, surprising. we did a whole, like, brainstorming kind of thing. Okay. We were like, well, that hasn't been taken, so that was kind of the best. Yeah. Right. Um, it is a little funny. Climbing but school. But I kind of, I mean, that's most of what we do is course, course kind of thing, so. Yeah. It to be. Yeah. So, is that also the favorite part of guiding the same actually you do? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Sam also so really likes horses. You, Sam think. is also an amazing instructor. Like I uh, just like have worked with him on other courses, and he's awesome. very good at teaching. Yeah, nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I I do see a lot of courses on your website. Yeah. yeah, and usually when you do big walk course, how many days? That uh, it's usually four days. Okay. A lot of big walk courses are two days, mm-hmm. and I really don't like. It's kind of enough to teach someone how to like get up a bolt ladder and like kind of understand what hauling and chugging are sure yeah but it's like and i understand like it's way cheaper to only have a two-day course but big wall is like there's so much that goes on in big wall aid climbing of like so do you do it two weekend or you're consecutive usually it's a consecutive four days and even that feels a little rushed but it's like i mean it's much longer than that would be hard to get people to sign up for Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think it just it allows a lot more time for practice and application of the skills and you actually get to sleep in a port ledge and like yeah yeah yeah, I think it's tricky because I teach big world class before. Not a whole lot, but I actually yeah. experiment with my two of my return students. They they took intro to track with yeah. me all yeah. the way to big world. Oh, nice! So yeah. I just like okay, I'll 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 be here to you two days, and you go practice. Yeah, 
And then you come back for another two days. Yeah. Yeah. But those yeah. are more like a private guiding basis, yeah. so it's easy. Well, that's to actually kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. To like when people have a chance to actually practice the skills and then come back because it is it's a lot of practice. i mean even just learning to trad climb is a lot of information mm-hmm. for people to take in and like yeah great yeah yeah um and yeah and i usually always say like if you have any questions or you know like this was a lot of information and like right you know i'm happy to be a resource and that kind of a thing true um, yeah afterwards mm-hmm. yeah great Cool. Yeah. Thank you, Lonnie, for yeah. uh, <laughs> thank you spending <laughs> this space. Yeah. I hope your business will thrive. Thank you. Um, just grow to the size that you want. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I am really excited about this podcast too. I think it's providing a lot of valuable information to people who are interested. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thanks. All right.